Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. We are going to enter into a great angelic visitation that's going to come from both sides, both the darkness and the light. There's going to be a great, uh, a great spiritual battle, if you will. But on the end, uh, we win. We read the last, the last of the book. Uh, but you also need to know that through this time of development, and I use the word, and, and I'd appreciate if you can get that in your hearts and in your minds, the word preparation. We're in the hour of preparation. We're in the hour of trying to prepare you, to get you ready, so that you can become that more than overcomer, then bless God, than, than, than we've just been told we are in the local churches, but you actually become that. With the, with the angels... They are going to hearken, and they're going to they are going to watch. Again, if if we could see into the world today, your your angels are hanging around, going ho hum. Uh, you know, we could be of a real help if they would just put us to work. If they would just get us in position and get out of the way and let us do what we need to do. Well, that's where we're going to take you to this weekend, and hopefully get you to the point where you can realize that yes, you have angels. Yes. You know, when you were a kid, you were always told you had a guardian angel, didn't you? You remember how mom and grandma said, Oh, the guardian angel must have been watching them that time. And do you want to know something? They are, they were, and they will be. It's very, very important. I, you know, I have said for years and years and years, and I've never had any substantial evidence spiritually for it, but when, when you are born and you come out of your mother, mother's womb, you have been there, and you have been there for nine months. You came and was placed there by the, the, the Spirit of God as being your spirit in your mother's womb, communicating with God. And when you watch babies, and you watch the way babies will grin and the things that they do, and they call it a, a, a natural reflex actions, no, I don't think so. I think that when you come out of the womb, I think you're still... Bless God, communicating far enough over into the supernatural world, the spirit world, that you and that angel or those angels are still dealing back and forth together. Folks, now I know that sounds like a Steven Spielberg movie, but stop and think about this for a minute. You came from spirit. You're locked up into an earthen vessel, okay? You, you have been cursed because of what Eve did in the garden. And, and every day that you, every day after you get it to be a certain age, I don't know, I forget what they said, 23, uh, your body goes, reverts, and starts going back every day until your body does what? It just absolutely wears out. Well, the fact of it is, your spirit never wears out. My grandmother was 90-some years old. Before she went on to be to heaven, she looked at me and she said, Tommy, she said, this old body has completely wore out. I said, yeah. I said, Grandma, I can see what you're saying. She said, but my spirit is still 16 years old. Now, that told me something way back all those years ago, that, bless God, no matter where it's at, your spirit, your body, your spirit is still what it is all about. Because, you see, the whole thing with death is to release, this release out of this body your spirit so it can go back into that angelic being, or that, I almost say angel, 
but like unto that as a spirit, that you now are going to change and you're going to be like him because he's spirit, okay? So, uh, so uh, anyway, let's go on. Let's go to Daniel. I want to go to the book of Daniel, and we're going to, uh, we're going to examine uh, what Mr. Daniel here in the Daniel 6, 22 and 23. And, of course, you, you know, this was so neat. Uh, and here it was said, now, of course, old Daniel was cast into the, into the, into the lion's den. And it says in, in, in uh, what did I say, 22, My God has sent an angel and has shut the lion's mouth. Now, this is what Daniel's saying. And they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me. Now, stop and think about this. Now, innocency was found in me. What was found? He had no, there's no sin in him. Now, now, why did the angel stop that? Now, see, what, what we're doing and what we've got to get, we really got to get straight. The angels don't come in the midst of your sin. The angels come in the midst of your innocency within God or toward God, meaning that you are what? You are walking out from under that sin. I, I, again, I, you know, as a, a prophet, prophets pound all the time. I know you get tired of hearing me say, it's a sin problem. Get the sin out of your life. Get those thoughts out of your mind. Get, 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 you know, get yourself right before God. What's this all about? So I can bring you to the visitation of these angels in your life. That's what it's about. Every thought that's outside, outside the Word of God is sin. Every thought that you go through, bless God, that's not, and so you see, and Daniel was marking that, and that's the reason I wanted to mark that to you so that you could understand that. Now, uh, when, when he said that, he said, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. In other words, he hadn't been guilty of anything. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they, they should not take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of, or was taken up out of the den. Out of the den, no matter of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. But now you see that had to work both ways. Not only did he believe in his God, but he believed in his God being holy before his God. Can you get a hold of that? Because that's what's important. He could believe in his God because he, he knew that he had walked, he had walked before his God and he walked before his God in, in, in that, in that kind of a place. Now, uh, uh, let's go to Zechariah. Oh, I got that in there. I'll get back to that. I'm sorry. We're going to, what we're going to talk about, and I'll, I'll set you up for it later, uh, probably tomorrow. I'm going to get into some scripture, and what I want you to see with this scripture, we've all been told that that fourth man in the fire was Jesus, right? And I'm going to show you that fourth man in the fire wasn't Jesus at all. It was an angel. I can show it. I can prove it to you. You see, again, uh, we often we often have misunderstood. We've misunderstood. What God, but that, we'll get to that, and I'll explain it to you. Let's, let's do Zechariah, the first chapter. First chapter of Zechariah. The eighth verse. I saw by night, and behold, a man riding upon a red, riding upon a red horse, and he stood among the the myrtle trees that were in the in the bottom, and and behind him were the red horses speckled and white. Then I said, O oh my God, what are these? And the angel that talked with me said unto me, I will show thee what these be. Now you know that that's that's quite a, a again. When he said, Oh, my Lord God, what is this? Then an angel spoke to him, didn't it? It wasn't God that spoke to him. It was an angel that spoke to him. But yet, what did he do? 
he prayed, O God. And, and, and this is, again, I, I want you to grab onto this. The 11th verse says, and they, answered the angel, and they answered the angel of the Lord and stood among the myrtle trees and said, We have walked to and fro through the earth. Behold, all the earth sitteth still and is at rest. Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of, of hosts, how long wilt thou not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah against which thou hast had indignation these threescore and ten years? And the Lord answered the angel and talked with me with good words and with comfortable words. So the angel that commanded with me said unto me, Cry thou, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am, a je- I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy. Now, when you understand what this angel has said, he said, he said, cry thou saying. The angel was saying, cry thou saying. See, when, when, I, when the angel will appear to me, he will say, you prophesy, you prophesy the vision that God has given to you. You prophesy the vision. You cry out to the people. You warn the people. So that, see, those commands come again. Again, I think a lot of people have mistaken when they say, well, God spoke, and sometimes God will speak. But anytime you say that, you're really not wrong, because what is He doing? He speaks through His angels. He speaks through them. In other words, the communication. Now, how, if you can can express somehow or, or expand your mind somehow to figure out how God does all that, that would be a wonderful thing. The, the, the needful thing is to understand that's the way it works. All right. So, so it goes on. It goes on. And he said, at the 17th verse, Cry yet, saying, uh, uh, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall yet spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, shall ye choose Jerusalem. So, so the fact of it is that, that God is always doing what God has always done. He is always speaking. He's always given direction. The second chapter in the first verse says, I lift up mine eyes again and looked, and behold a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then said I, Whither goest thou? And he said unto me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof and what is the length thereof. And behold, the angel that talked with me went forth, and another angel went out to meet him, and said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I, thus the Lord, will be unto her a wall afar round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. Now, the angel is speaking in God's behalf, all right? And you see here again evidence that the Lord cried out or the Lord spoke through them. Now, Zechariah, the fourth chapter, Zechariah 4, and the first verse says, "And And the angel that talked with me came again and, and waked me as a man that is waking out of his sleep, and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a, with a bowl about the top of it, and seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes, the, the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, the other upon the left side thereof. He goes on and he talks about these things and, and he says, then the and fifth verse, and then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. He answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, 
but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, that is probably one of the main keys that you want to grasp onto and understand, that it's not by might and it's not by power. In other words, really and truly, uh, brothers and sisters, there isn't anything that you can do, bless God, to make this thing happen except what? Walk holy before God. Get yourself in a position. See, you, I, I don't know whether you know, but once you get in a certain place with God, He's got no alternatives. And that's really what you want to bring yourself to. Once you can get the sin out of your life and you can, you can stand before God and, and say uh, that there was nothing but innocency that was found in me when God searched my heart. Because I believe, I believe that what happens is that when you start crying out for help, the first thing happens is that God searches your heart. And within your heart, if, there, if there's things that aren't there, it's not like God doesn't want to pull you out of the fire, okay? It's just flat the fact that God can't, because God can't break His own rules. Please understand that. God is not in, his, in, a, in a business where He just changes the rules. In other words, oh, He likes you, but He don't like me. So He's going to make me do this. No, no, it's the same for everybody, okay? If you will observe and do all my commandments then all of these blessings will uh, come upon you and hunt you down and overtake you this day. And I will set you above and beyond all the nations on the face of this earth. That's the Word of God. Now, God can't change that. So what we have done through generations of the church is we forgot the law. We left it out because somebody told us we didn't need that anymore. And well, yeah, because we're the New Testament. Remember, it's Old Testament written. And if you look in your Bible, it'll say Old Testament. Then you go back over to Matthew, it says New Testament. So anybody that, you know, that's got an eighth grade education or maybe a fourth grade education can understand that, bless God, the Old Testament is doing away, the New Testament's coming in. That's just part of what we got duped with. That's just part of it. So God is, God is saying that, that you know, that there are ways. There's ways that we'll make this thing work. There's ways that you can make this thing work. And I've always said, you know, you can get a certain place with God, you can demand God. You can demand and command Him. But you can't do it when you try to walk into that throne room with, with bless God, a heart that's messed up with sin. You can't do that. Because then all you're doing, you might as well be talking to that wall because that's all that you're going to ever get done out of it. Then you can sit back down after you've done that and you can prophesy and you can say, well, it didn't work out because, you know, bless God, the angels and this that came against me of darkness and all this. But you see, the angel of darkness can't overcome you. Only you can overcome you. And that's what the key to all this is about. The key about this is you becoming the overcomer. Coming to the place where you need these angels, all you do is cry out and those angels are going to appear. See, I, um, I'm driving down the road, all right? I'm driving down the road, and bless God, I'm, 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 I, I'm running 55, 60 mile an hour. I'm coming up, the, up over this, this, this hill, and, and bless God, I, this voice, just as I hear like I'm ministering now, says, pull off the road now. So I hit the brake, pull off the road, and just as I did, two semis that were sitting, coming side by side, what in the world that idiot was doing trying to pass another one on a hill is beyond me, but here they come. Now, did that save my life? Yes, it did. Was it an audible voice? It absolutely was. Was it the Lord God? Yes, it was, but it was truly an angel speaking. See, I'm always, when I say, well, the Lord spoke, the Lord did. Well, you're seeing here, and the proof of that, and it's okay to say that, but believe you me, He is speaking. But often, more than not, He's speaking through what? Through the angel that He sent to you. Now, let's go, let's go to the book of Luke, if you will. Let's get into the Old Testament. 
we spent some some uh, some time we spent some time in the in bless God the 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 Old Testament. Let's get into the New Testament here. All right, and let's look at some things here in the book of Luke in the first chapter. These are these, these so interesting. Uh, chapter 1, the first verse says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in, in order a declaration of those things which are mostly surely believed among us. Now, these are things they believed, okay? Uh, more than one, just among them, it says. Even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the Word. It seemed good to me also, having the perfect understanding of all things, from the very first to write unto the uh, to the order most excellent Theopolis, that thou mightest know uh, uh, the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. There was in in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abahiah and Abahiras and uh, uh, Zacharias I'm sorry in the course of Abahiah, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Now, please underline that. Because, see, this is what is about to set up. See, nobody ever understands this part. You never hear anybody ever minister on this part, and probably because they don't have any understanding at all about the angelic forces. But this was the prerequisite to what is about to happen, happening. All right? This is, this is what caused the rest of what we're about to read to take place. Now, and they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of, the, of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at a time at the time of incense, and they appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Now again, I want you to listen to this. And they were both righteous before God, the sixth verse, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. It had no children. There was no child. And when Zacharias 12 verse saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall be shall shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit of power and Elias, to turn the hearts of the father to the children, and disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. Now, if you're taking notes, this is the first mistake he made. Now, what did we read? Neither provoke the angels. Now, what's he doing? He just flat provoked the angel. He just flat questioned 
what came from the throne room of God, all right? That's, that's the first mistake he's making here. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and have sent to speak unto thee, and, and show thee these, these, these glad things. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season." Now we've heard that taught that that, that he, you know, that, that a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of different sermons about it, but the real reason is he, he provoked he provoked the angel Gabriel. He questioned him. You don't question these. I'm going to tell you something. You don't question the angels. You just do what they tell you to do. When they tell you you're to do this, you just go and do this. When they tell you to do that, you just go and do that. You don't, you don't, you know, your place isn't a question. Your place is just to do. Now, Zacharias, as we saw, was obedient in, in, in all ways, him and his wife both, unto the Lord God. But you see, it can all start out right and then can get monkey and monkeyed up, can't it? And that's exactly what happened in this deal here. It got monkeyed up, and bless God, now he's found out, bless God, he, he's going to be dumb. He's not going to, you know, and, and behold, thou shalt not be dumb and able to speak. Uh, and and he says, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. Now, uh, you got to love it, don't you? And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived... And, 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 and hid herself five months, saying, Thus saith the Lord dealt with me, thus saith the Lord dealt with me, in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, Thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when he saw, she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutations this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus. He shall be great, and shall, shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of, the, of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I am not a man? And the angel, I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee, Therefore also that, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who has called, been called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And you need to underline that. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now what is, Mary was smart enough to say, Be it unto me according to thy word. Be, unto, be it unto me according to thy word. Now, the angel knew that his words were God's word, that, he, that he had been, Gabriel had been sent by God. And by the way, I've never seen uh, the, the angel Gabriel. 
I've never seen the angel Gabriel, nor the, the angel Michael. The, uh, the only angel I've seen are the two angels that, that visit me. Now, I have seen other angels, and I, and, and I want to stop here for just a moment and give you a little bit of insight of what's going to happen to you down the road, and you want to be open to this. Some of you have already, um, uh, this, my sister here came and, and spoke to me about uh, seeing how that things looked, uh, looked a little hazy. Uh, in this room or that light or something up here had. And that's, that's part of, if you will, that's part of all this, uh, this stuff taking place, uh, as angelic or supernatural visitation. What happens to me when I know that uh, there's an angel is going to come and appear to me within the next few hours is I'll be, so, like I'm standing here, all of a sudden I'll just see, I'll just see a, a, a white flash over here or I'll see a white flash over there. And I know, I know that through that, that that's the way that I know that I'm getting ready to have a visitation. And sure enough, they have it. Now, I've had other people say, well, I've seen that, but nothing ever came of it. Well, let me tell you why it didn't. And this is really important for you to get on to here this afternoon. The angel of the Lord has been sent to you from the throne room of God to bring something to you. But because that you are not innocent before God, the visitation can't and won't take place. And they're trying their, their way the best that they can into the supernatural world to get your attention, to get you to know that there's something going on that just ain't normal, okay? That's the only way I know how to tell you, just not normal. And so you beware. But the beginning of this thing, again, I will be real surprised if any of you write or call and say, hey, uh, you know, this, this week or I got home and I had the visitation of the angel came, spoke this or said that. Uh, I think that it's going to start a little by little, as most things do, and please, it's line upon line and precept upon precept. And in order for this to begin to work, you've got a great part to play. Now, isn't it neat that God had me do this at Rosh Hashanah, the time of repentance? See, nothing ever happens. And, and, and folks, I minister so much that I didn't plan this out. I didn't even think about it. All I knew was that, that all I knew was that I was out in, uh, Oh, dear God in heaven in, in Washington, D.C., and the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord said to me in my time of prayer, just simply, you are going to minister on the angels when you, during Rosh Hashanah. I said, oh, that's wonderful. But the whole thing with these angels, again, rotate around you and your obedience to his word through the law and the testimony of Yeshua. That's the key to this thing. That, that's going to be the key as to whether or not, as to whether or not you uh, receive or, 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 or you are rejected by the angelic force. They will receive you if, in fact, you can bring yourself to that point. Now, if there's anything that I think I've already uh, uh, set as a precedent here is the fact that we all want to now become holy, and we have to want to become holy. You've got to, folks, you've got to guard that. You have to guard that, and you have to guard that every day. And you've got to understand, and, I, and I, again, this thing with structured prayer, we're going to do so much teaching you how to un- cover the bases, how to understand every day, how, the, how you, some of the prayers you've got to pray. And once we get you away from the, oh, golly, gee, I want this, and I've got to have that, and what am I supposed to do here, Jesus, and get you into some real prayer life, you're going to probably see your life change more supernaturally than you've ever seen them change. But until you get your prayer life right, the rest of it's not going to do much. You've got to get your, you've got to get yourself in a place where your prayer life is right. You've got to get yourself in the place where, bless God, that you're innocent.
when it comes to sin before the Lord God, that you can stand in the throne room and you can stand there uh, sinless. You say, well, I don't think I can do that. You've already done that through Christ. That's already happened. All God's waiting on you to do is to do what? Is to walk in it. You are the conqueror. Conquer. Okay? Now let's go back uh, back to the, the book of Matthew. I use that because I like that rendition so well that's there in Luke. In Matthew 2, the 11th verse, And when they were come into the house, they saw a young a child with Mary, her mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And they had opened their treasures and presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. Now, you suppose that was an angel that brought that? Could have been. It doesn't say, but it could have been. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed uh, into Egypt. Now, uh, you, you realize... Let me see where I'm going down. The next verse. And there and and was there until death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. So uh, so God would do what? Bring him forth. Nineteenth verse. And when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream. Now here he has appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, uh, and, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young life, the child's life. Now, isn't that something to realize? And then the next verse, And he arose and took the young child and his mother, and that came into the land of Israel. That what did the angel do in a dream? The angel that came, and he had a dream, and didn't say it was the angel, but it was from God, and said, You get out of there. Then, another, then again, the angel came in a dream, and told him, now you can go back into Israel. Everything's okay. Now, the depth of this thing, and I, I think we've, we, I've touched on it in the first, in the first series here, but is to understand that those angels will keep you out of harm's way if, in fact, you'll get in tune where they can. They will keep you out of harm's way. See, uh, people get to thinking again, uh, people like me, uh, oh, they're oh so close to God. No. Not really oh so close to God as it is that I found out how to work the works of God. I found out what it would take in order for me to be able to see the dead raised, to have the angels come and visit, to do the things that I do. And honestly, when those angels start coming to you, you're going to look at this thing in an entirely different spectrum that, that you look at it now. The perspective in which you're going to have is going to be awesome because you're going to realize something. Folks, it's just downright easy when an angel shows up and says, Now look. Here's what you're supposed to do, A, B, C, D, and E. And like I said, most of you are spending days on your face, going without food, doing everything you can do, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's times you're going to have to do that to bring the visitations. All right? And we're going to talk about that just a little later on. Not, and not everything's just going to happen automatically uh, for you. There's going to be days that you're going to think that the heaven uh, that you're praying to is made of brass, that nothing seems to go through. But the fact of it is, again, that I said, and I'll probably try to say it a number of times this weekend, that you need to understand that God is continually checking your heart and testing your heart as to what you really are all about and what this is all about for you. Are, you, are your motives correct? 
See, when he said he stood before the Lord and he was innocent, when Daniel said that, it meant that there was no guile in him at all. There wasn't any. So again, it goes back, folks, even to the, even to the thoughts you had when you were at the grocery store and somebody came up and bumped your cart. Or you were at the, at Wally World, I call Wally World, uh, Walmart, and bless God, you're there during a time when they got a sale and somebody runs up and grabs the, the towel that you were getting ready to buy. It comes down to those things with God. What is your heart saying? See, God is always saying, what is really there? What's the motive there? What was really, what was you really thinking there? What was really taking place there about that? And so God keeps doing what? God keeps a check on those things. Let's go to Matthew 4:11. Matthew 4:11. Now, this is when when uh, he was tempted on the mount, and bless God, he was there and fasted forty days and forty nights. And in that eleventh verse, it says, after all this temptation had come, after Satan had offered him all this stuff, then it says, then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Now, every time. You go through a heavy temptation. That was a heavy temptation. Please don't misunderstand this message. These ministering angels are not going to bring you to a place where you're no longer tempted. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand that. The angels are set to bail you out, to guide you, to do whatever they need to do to protect you, all right, and to bring you forth. But they are not going to keep you from being tempted. If they could do that, then what would have happened to Jesus? He would never have been tempted. But it said after he was tempted, the devil left him. Okay? Now, you, here's the place for you to get ready to rejoice. After you go through temptation, then the devil's going to leave you. Now, now, how do you know you went through it? You stood and you didn't give in to it. Now, if you fell, and now if you fell in that temptation and you fell into the sin, then we've got, we got to go back to 101, block 101 over here, which says... Now you have sinned, you have got to do what? You've got to repent for your sin, and you've got to go through the time of testing or temptation again to see if you really learned your lesson. Now, we went through some of that. Let's hope everybody kind of getting on the same page with that. See, the, the problem is that if you can't come through the temptation, then you have to go back, repent, and, and that puts you right with God, but you still have the price to pay for the sin. The sin of doubt and unbelief into God's Word taking you through it. So then you've got to do what? You've got to prepare. Isn't that what you would do in school? If you flunked your, your math test, you go back and you would prepare, and then you get to take the test again to see if you pass the test. That's as simple as I can put it to trying to show you exactly the way this thing works when it comes to these kind of matters. That if you flunk it, you've got to go, that test has got to come. So can you see why so many of us are being held back or holding ourselves back is a better way of putting that as to being able to end into this thing with the angelic forces is because we can't seem to get off of block one. Okay? You've got to get off of block one. You've got to get off of there. If you can get off of block one, then bless God, we can, we, we can keep, we can go on to the journey because you see, after you have been tempted and you sin not, the devil's going to leave and what's going to happen? The angels are going to come and they're going to minister to you. That's, that's the Word of God. God's no respecter of persons, even unto His Holy Son. In other words, if that's what He's going to do for one, that's what He's going to do for everybody. The key, again, is to get through the temptation without falling in it, or getting down and wallowing in it, as I say. 
Mm. So, the, the, the kicker is really back to the same thing we keep talking about. You've got to get it out of your life. You've got to get it out of your life. And only you can do that. All the sermons in the world can get you excited. All the sermons in the world can get you to repent. But the whole thing comes down to your heart, how close you want to get to God, and how much of all that you're willing to give up to get to God. But you ain't going to get to God like I get to God being the way you are. It's not going to happen. And if you think it is, then you're just kidding yourself, and you can have all the dreams, and you can have all the... Uh, the Lord God said this and said that you want to have, but the fact of the matter is, you're going to have to get down to the place where, bless God, that you understand how this operates, why it operates, and be able to operate it. And you've got to come, you've got to come out of it. You've got to make sure you can get through these temptations. Now, the temptations, again, they're going to come, okay? But you can handle those, because why? <clears throat> you've already been, been given the authority and, and the honor and the power to overcome those. Matthew 24, I, I got a scripture there. 24, 31. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now, do you understand that he's going to send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet? He's going to send them. What are they going to, they're going to gather together the elect. Who is going to be the elect at that time? You're looking at us. That's us. Those that will keep the commandments and the testimony of His Holy Son, Yeshua, Jesus. We are the elect. Now, they talk, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, the elect are those that are in Christ. Well, that, that, that's, that's close, but that's not all of it. Remember, we're entering into a new time. We're entering into a time when, when bless God, it's going to, as I keep saying, the, the greatest church split that there's ever been in the history of the church is about to happen. And folks, it's a, it's a, you need to be well aware of what you're getting into. This is where, where the father's heart is, is going to be against the son, the son against the father, the, the daughter and the mother is going to be at odds with each other over the doctrine in which you have decided to keep. It's going to cause some big-time problems, not little problems, big-time problems. And it's, it's, going, to, it's going to happen, and, and it's going to prove, again, uh, will you give up? You remember, remember when the Lord said, give up everything you have? And come and follow me. Are you willing to do that? Or you're willing to say, well, you know, I can't do that with the family. I can't do this with the family. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to give up mother. You're going to have to give up father. You're going to have to give up brothers and sisters, next door neighbors, uncles and aunts. You're going to have to give them up to get to the place that you want to be with God. Because this place is not a place reserved for, bless God, just whosoever will. See, uh, it, how can I say this and not be real arrogant about it? This is an exclusive type of a thing. It, it is for anybody that will. The Lord said, whosoever will come. But the problem with coming in this thing is there is rules and there are regulations that govern all of it. Just like there are with any other spiritual aspect of God, there are certain things that, bless God, that you and I are going to have to do what? We're going to have to comply to the things of God. Let's, let's go to, to, to 2531. And 2531 says... When the Son of Man shall come in His glory with all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. Now, do you understand? He's going to bring all of the holy angels with Him. You wait till you find out how many those amount to. All right? He's about to bring all of His holy angels with Him. What a deal that's going to be. Now, if you can imagine one angel, 
okay? One angel, bless God, been able to do all the things that one angel was sent and went to do. Can you imagine what's going to happen when all those holy angels come with him? My Lord and my God, folks, it's going to be, it's going to be something to behold. It's going to be something, bless God, that this world has never seen and will never see again. And we're going to be right smack dab in the middle of it, and that just tickles a tickles a T right out of me if there's such a thing as that. Let's go. Let's go to Matthew 28 too. Matthew 28 too. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. There was a great earthquake, and what happened? The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and set upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. Now, the angels that appear to me are, are, are white. Their hair is, uh, is, is, almost, uh, is almost white, but it's uh, actually more of a kind of a gold, golden-looking uh, color. They, they are almost, uh, uh, they are almost in, in, they radiate. They're not, they, it's not that you can't look on them, but they radiate. They're just, it's just like if you were out, if you ever been in the sun, and and bless God, something white was so white you looked on it and it was just you know that's the way it, that's the way they are, and they're almost and and I heard another fellow say something one time and I'm picking this from him, but it's almost like they're almost liquefied in in their own way because they will come and they will leave just bang like that. You get again, you you start in and you the conversation is no oh, let's sit down and have it let's all sit down and have a glass of wine. That's not the conversation. They are there on duty from God. They're not there to make light talk. They're not there for you to sit down and talk about the color of the shoestrings or anything else. All right? In fact, I don't know that they got shoes or shoestrings. I never, I never noticed that part. But the fact of it is, they are, they are messengers of God. They are sent to you to do precise things for those that bless God or what? Those that have earned the right for them to come, all right? And that's very special when you walk to a place where you have earned a right for those angels to come to visit. Folks, you have earned the right. And only you know the price that you paid for that angel, those angels to come. And you will pay a price. Again, I wish it was a matter of pouring a little oil on you this afternoon and saying, go have yourself an angel visit. But no, I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. You are in control of that. You're the one that controls it. I'm not. Uh, and, and, and by the way, God isn't either. All God can do is present it to you. All you can understand. Uh, has anybody ever heard this presented in this kind of depth? You haven't, have you? And the reason you haven't is, is because you've probably not been around anybody that's really, 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 really had a lot to do with angels. And I have had for years and years and years. Now, the fact of it is, because I have... I can understand what causes it to work, and, and then you see, then I hope this makes a whole lot more sense to you as, we, as we're now piecing this thing together, when you begin to realize how unconcerned or, that I am about your visions, your dreams, and all these things that you have going on. See, the, and when somebody comes up to me and says, an angel visits me, you get my attention. And if they're really in an angel t- visiting them, you know what I'm going to tell them? Quit lying, you're going to burn in hell. This is serious stuff. This is holy stuff. These angels are holy. You can't deal with them in, in, in the flesh. You've got to deal with them in the supernatural world by the Word of God. That's the only thing that they know. They're, they're, again, that, that's the reason they're not interested in small talk about the next-door neighbor. 
okay? They're only interested, bless God, in delivering you to you what it is that God, that God, that God gave them. So, so there they had this great earthquake. Now it says in the fourth verse, and for fear of him, the keepers did, did shake and became as dead men. I'll bet they did. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, Come, see the place where they, the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Now, the angel came. There was an earthquake. The stone was rolled away. And the angel came to do what? To deliver a message. Okay, now remember, angels are messengers. And they came, he came and he delivered a message. And he told them, he said, he said you tell them... That, bless God, that, that he goeth before you into Galilee. There ye shall see him, lo, I have told you. He said, he's not here. He's risen, as he said he would do. And he's gone before you. Now, now, now listen, remember where we're reading the Bible? It said, and the Lord sent the angel before you. Jesus went before them into Galilee. Same, same exact, identical... Uh, type of a thing of which had always been in. Why did he go before them? He went before them to prepare the way for them to come. And so they came, all right? Now, in John 5, let's go to the book of John. I think it's so neat when you begin to watch this operate. Now, again, understand where we're going here, or more than that, probably where we're coming from. Now, in, in John 5, in the fourth verse, it says, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool, and troubled the water, so whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now, an angel came down and did that, right? So again, we have an angel at work. Now, it's really, really interesting here to watch this work because this is one of these things that God is saying, okay, mankind needs to have some signs. And so I'm going to give them a sign. Now, we know the troubling of that pool only came one time a year, and it was on the last day of Pesach or Passover. That's when that pool was, uh, was being troubled. Now, people have asked me for years if I think that there's come a day when the Lord God will trouble that pool again. And, and I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think so, though. I would like to think that that's going to be all part of these signs and these wonders that are going to take place in these last days. Now, I don't have anything to indicate that, so don't go back and say, well, the prophet said that was going to happen. But I can see that it could happen, and I think anybody else could see that too. Now, as, as we go into, and I want to go into the book of Acts now, because the book of Acts is full of, dear God in heaven, all kind of things that come from the angels. Let's start in the fifth chapter, the fifth chapter, the 17th verse. Uh, let me say something here about the first part of that. You know, people can't believe there was one of the guys that went on the prophecy club that called himself a prophet that's not a prophet that couldn't believe that anybody would, bless God, uh, talk about people being put into the dirt or dying. Uh, just study this thing about Ananias and Sapphira. This is, uh, this is again, 
the New Testament, which makes uh, Christians feel much more comfortable, but they still don't believe everything that they read, all right? Um, uh, they, had, uh, they had choices to make. They made some bad choices. They died, all right? And that's uh, exactly where we're coming to today in the situations that we have. Acts, the fifth chapter. I told you that once, didn't I? Now, what verse am I going to? I better tell you. 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, with the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. What's that word? Jealousy. See, that's what I get all the time. People get jealous. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people. Call all the words of this life. Now, they were put in, they were put in prison. Then the angel shows up, opened the prison door. Now, what are the odds of an angel being able to open a prison door? Well, you're right there. The odds are zero or 100% or however you want to look at that side of that, that That's what the angel did. They got put in prison. The angel showed up and opened the door. Now, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> well, we'll read this. This gets to be, I mean, after all, it says, And when they heard, 21, uh, that they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught, but the high priest came and they, they that were with him called the council together and all the the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and, and, and returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keeper standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. In other words, the door was locked, but nobody was there. How did they get out? Well, it was the angel. Now, when God began to teach me about healing, he began to teach me to look beyond the circumstances. And he kept saying to me, you have to be able to see them, and I'm going to use a wheelchair victim, and it could be anything, but you have to see them get out of the wheelchair and walk before the miracles are going to come. Now, I spent months looking as wheelchairs would come in, and I didn't see anybody getting out of the wheelchairs to walk. Now, what I one night saw was a wheelchair came in the room, and the person got out and walked in the spirit. Now, this wasn't their flesh was still sitting in the wheelchair, okay? And and I began to understand from that point on that then, that bless God, when I saw that, I knew that, bless God, that that's going to do. Now, now the angel of the Lord spoke to me and said, that whenever I saw that happen, then what I needed to do was just to call that out. In other words, when I saw that happen, then when they pushed it into the room, I could just say, tonight this man or this woman, I'm using a wheelchair, it could be anything, is going to walk tonight and push the wheelchair to the parking lot. So, again, folks, is what, what I'm trying to tell you is what I do is not all that, it's not that way at all. All I'm doing is following that which I'm being told by the angel. That's all that I'm doing. I am being told. Once I understood the concept, once my, my spirit was able to reach out and grasp on and begin to expand and come into a place where I could actually supernaturally see them get up and walk, see those people that bless God that was blind, see them seen, uh, the deaf, the dumb, and all that kind of stuff, and the disease be well, 
then that's when I begin to do that. Now, how do I do that in those big, those big uh, uh, meetings that we have? Uh, the same way. God will show me somebody, that, uh, and I'll see it and see them walk, or I'll see whatever it is, and I'll just say, bring, bring such and such. Bring that one, bring that one, bring that one, bring that one. Bring them up, because I already know, I already know the end of the result of it. It's not like I pray and, oh, my Lord, I hope something happens or I'm in trouble. No, no, that's the reason it always happens is because I've already seen it happen in the supernatural realm. Okay? And that makes what I do very, very simple. There's no gadgets. There's no uh, do this. There's no do this. That's the way that it is. It's all cut and dried. It's right there in the supernatural. All i got to do is read it, and then all i got to do is perform it. And then all God does is through the angel produce it. So therefore, we're, we're what? So they brought them there, and they, they, you know, they couldn't figure it out. Now, did I do 23? Yes, 24. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them uh, whereunto this, this would grow. In other words, they didn't want this to get out. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. <laughs> Isn't that just like God? <laughs> there they were. There they were, standing back in the temple, and they're preaching and they're teaching. Then when the captain with the officers and, and, and brought them without, without violence, for they feared the people, lest they, should, lest they should have been stoned. And when they brought them, they, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this, in this name, the name of Jesus? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Did you understand what he said? We ought to obey God other than men. And that is what the key of all of it amounts to. You have to obey God other than men. Obeying God will get you in trouble with men. You want to you want to get you want to get strange. You get in the angel business and you'll get beyond strange. You because and I'm going to tell you why. Because you walked over into an area that very very few men on the face of this earth has ever treaded in. Very few men. Very many of all of what we're reading you takes up all the aspects of the visitations of angels throughout the, this book that we call the Bible. And, and, and bless God, we, we need to understand, of course, there is great force, there's great angelic force and strength that comes within, within each and every time that, bless God, that, that, that these angels do appear. And they, and they do what? They, they are sent under, under the heirs of salvation, which we're going we're gonna to talk to here in a minute, about in a minute. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.
אדון עולם אשר מלך וטרם כל יציר נברא